You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Look, I was about to say Game of Thrones. I'm, I'm it's still on my mind. Hey, we, <laughs> if you want to talk about it, let's go. You know, I'm ready. It's still on my mind, but no, this is Black Girl Nerds, and we're talking about The Handmaid's Tale today. I am. Yeah, we are. <laughs> my name is Angelica, and I'll be your host. And joining me is my co-host Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hey, hey, people. And we'll hey. be discussing episode, what episode are we on? Episode six of The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, already. Yep, episode six. by so fast. Episode six of The Handmaid's Tale titled Household. Um, so this was the episode I was kind of excited about. Um, it was in a lot of the promos. I see why, I see why. <laughs> I'm also, um, I live in Delaware, which is about... It's supposed to be two hours from D.C., but I can do it in 90 minutes. And um, I go to D.C. a lot. So it's a town I'm very familiar with. And it was interesting seeing a town that I'm in all the time, seeing it kind of completely changed and gilead up, if if you will. Yeah, that, that was crazy. Oh, also, full disclosure, I have never been to D.C. What? I still want to go. I've never been to D.C. I know, yeah. I don't know if this episode made me want to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you might want to you know make a stop over there before you know things go left i mean we only have what do we have like less than a less than two years like a year and a half left on the presidency so like he he about to be on his way out oh yeah do we already yeah we need to hear it yeah i'm with that let's let's uh increase that a little <laughs> yes, bit this is the we're halfway through <laughs> the third year of the term so his time is coming to a close and that's why everybody's getting a little crazy. Yeah, all, all these politicians, politicians are acting up. Um, so you know, but his time hopefully will be done for. Uh, hopefully he does not get reelected. But, um, yeah, just visit while you can. Vote, vote, vote. People, vote. Uh, rock the vote. Visit while you can. Um, so yeah, so this episode. Um, first thoughts, Ryan. Uh, first thoughts as a fan, I didn't like it. Okay, because it was going hard on June. It was real hard on June. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as just like, you know, somebody that's just like a fan of the show and just like good television, mm-hmm. it was bomb because it, it like totally pushed the story in another direction. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, like, it, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It definitely added a new element um, because thus far we've only really been in two locations. We've been in the Boston area and then we've been in Canada. Um, so now adding DC to the story kind of gives it like a whole other, like we thought, like I said, last episode, we thought Boston was bad. Whoo, wait till you see. Yeah, I was like, I should have kept my mouth shut when we was in Boston. I was like, we was good. Well, they'll, they'll shut you up in DC, literally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah, like, it's no, no jokes. I was like, man. Yeah, yeah, it was like no jokes in there. Yeah, this episode definitely showed you, you know, what Gilead could be, um, at its peak. So this is like on steroids. You know, like I said, I thought Boston was bad. I thought they had rules and restrictions. Man, it's a cakewalk compared to DC. So I really enjoyed watching this episode, um, seeing like the new big bosses, the new power structures, um, and just kind of you know for once seeing Fred not at the top of the food chain. He's he's oh yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah, <laughs> now he's kind of sucking up to someone else. Um, so I really did enjoy that. And I mean, we didn't get any of uh, well, we got like a little bit of Joseph. You know, even though he's like I said, he's kind of hard to read. He's one of my favorite characters on the show so um, we got a little bit of him um but the the entire episode was focused in dc so 
Yep, yep. In the big DC. In the big DC. So let's get into it. Um, so we do open in Boston, in the Boston area. Um, and once again, a, vo- a June voiceover. Uh, there's a circle of Martha's praying and June's walking by. And um, they're praying for Nicole's return. And, um, you know, June basically says that she prays that their prayers go unanswered. And that's really the only news that she has of Nicole. She knows as long as they're still praying, she's still safe in Canada. Um, and then she prays that Serena kind of sees the light and doesn't pursue this, you know, quest to get Nicole back. Or maybe she'll just get run over by a bus, you know, one or the other, or run over by a truck, you know, one or the other. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of laughing at that line because I was like, yeah, she done. She done with (laughs) it. So, yeah, she's not with it. Um, And then she kind of returns home. She's uh, stocking up the shelves and Joseph comes in. He's like, isn't that a Martha's job? And she's like, oh, I thought I'd be useful. Um, So she kind of throws that back at him. And he tells her, you know, get to packing. The Waterfords need to borrow you. They're heading to D.C. Um, and they're going to have a week of uh, prayer. And I guess they need you there, the whole household to be there. So it's essentially a photo op, you know, for, for Fred um, to kind of further his agenda. So, yep. So then we go straight to D.C. Uh, June and Lydia, or Aunt Lydia, are on the train. Um, and I kind of like to title these next couple scenes as the Waterfords go to Washington. Um, I'm not sure <laughs> if you're familiar, but there was um, it was a movie from back in the day. It was black and white. It was called Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. That's yeah. what I kind of thought you were yeah, alluding to. I'm glad you caught the, uh, the reference, because a lot of people our age don't really know that film, but... I, yeah, yeah, you gotta kind of yeah, gotta kind of search yeah, that one but, out. I mean, just just for you guys, if if you want to Google it, but basically, it's a movie about this kind of regular Joe schmo. Um, he, he basically gets elected as a politician and he heads to Washington, and it's kind of he's like a fish out of water, which is essentially you would think, you know, um, Aunt Lydia and June would fit in in D.C. Well, not June, but being a handmaid would fit in yeah. DC and it's a whole nother world. So, you know, the Waterfords go to Washington. Um, and even the Waterfords are kind of a little out of place. So, um, so June and Lydia are on the train. I've taken the train to DC and, um, June opens, you know, the, 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 tr- the, the curtain. And this is kind of like a train designated specifically for handmaids and aunts. Um, because you see like the red curtains, which is what they use on like, uh, what do you call it? The birth mobile, um, the, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 van that transported handmaids. So this is transporting them to Washington. She um, pulls essentially the veil to the side, the red veil to the side, and she sees the Washington Monument that we're all very familiar with. We've seen it, but it's been altered. It's this giant cross, and you know, I'm I consider myself a Christian. Um, you know, I have a good relationship with God and all that good stuff. But that was a little, that was a little scary to me. That was a little ominous to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is about to be an episode. As soon as I saw that, I, w- I felt scared for her. Like, I didn't know what was coming on. Oh, and then they brought in like the dramatic mm-hmm. music. Yeah, so it just kind of had this tone. Like, oh God. Yeah, the whole, it just, it just felt downhill to me yeah. from there. Like as soon as she opened that curtain, I was like, this is not no. going to be good. This is not good at I, all. I don't think I would be on board with seeing a giant cross like that like I don't know I mean think about it. a cross is, was essentially an instrument of torture it's it's a it's an execution device that's like having a giant guillotine yeah you know sitting in the middle yeah the, and the way they're using it, it's never good yeah. like you know they're, it's not good it's something to put you in your place something to block somebody whenever they're gonna yeah, have it somewhere compared to like you know how like the KKK burns crosses in front yards like it's just right right it's just it wasn't a pretty sight I was just like this isn't gonna be good so <laughs> they right. um so they go to the train station um and then you can see clearly DC is completely different from Boston. Um you know all the Marthas have these like muzzles like these silencers over their mouth then you see the handmaids with the same type of device over top of their mouths and we don't know at the time why they wear them like we think like oh they're just covering their mouths to be quiet it's a lot more to it. Um but Aunt Lydia is kind of like in the moment, you know, she hasn't really experienced it just yet. How, how strict DC is, how rigid it is. But to her, it's like, Oh my God, look at the devotion. Like, Oh, it's, it's amazing. I'm pumped. And like that line took me out. 
<laughs> that line took me straight out. She's like, isn't that what you guys used to say? I'm pumped. Are you pumped? And, <laughs> and June's no. like, mm, yeah, I'm pumped. She's like, nobody likes, you know, a spoil spoiler or whatever she said, whatever old phrase she said. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need I really need to bring it down to like five right now. Like, I just got a kick out of her saying like, I'm pumped. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like she was really into this for a minute. I was like, mm, okay, like you know, you're not going to a day shopping at the yeah, mall, like you know, down. calm down. So she tells um June to go to her spot. June's like my spot, and this place. She said that you know Washington is is not a place that likes disorder. Um, they deal with things a different way. So um, so she's made to kneel in this red circle with a few other handmaids. And they they kneel. They're on their knees. Their heads are down, and they're guarded by an aunt. And they basically wait there to um to greet their commanders. So I I'm assuming based off of the number of handmaids coming in through this um this train station that they're being transported from all over and being assigned to new commanders um to new families so june is basically kneeling waiting on the waterford so they pull up and fred is all like oh look at us back together again the gang is back and you're just like oh I can't stand this guy. <laughs> she, he calls him like some kind of dirt, dusty turtle. Yeah. Like, what is he, he calls him? Like, what is he talking about right now? And he's like, off we go, like a like a whore, like a <laughs> like a group of dusty turtles. I don't even know what he said, but it was it was just like yeah. He was he like I was like, come on, Fred, just just let it go, let it go, and just keep walking. Yeah, he was like having like you know same dad jokes. I don't know. It was just it was corny. He's corny. Yeah, it was very corny. Yeah. <laughs> so um. So they kind of, the Waterfords, you know, Serena and Fred walk ahead. Um, Serena and June have like a, have a tense moment, but, you know, she walks off. And then Rita is walking behind with June. And um, they kind of ha- have, like, they haven't really seen each other since Serena burned down the house. So Rita tells her, like, hey, I missed you. And June says she's misses her because they kind of developed a relationship while they were in the, the Waterford household together. Um, and then June yeah. wanders aloud, like, you know, she can't want this. Like, there's no way this is what she really wants. And Rita kind of sympathizes with Serena. She says, like, this is all she's ever wanted, which is Nicole. Um, so they go to High Commander Winslow's house. And he is played by my favorite actor. One of my favorite <laughs> actors, Christopher Maloney, a.k.a. Stabler from Law and Order SVU. Dum dum. Yeah, Lord <laughs> Order. All right, sorry. I'm sorry. I love, I love Law and Order. You, you, when he comes on the screen, you got to get yeah. that in. It's definitely Law and Order. Vibes all the way. I love a Law and Order SVU. I'm going to go on a tangent. But, like, have you ever been, like, in a Law and Order SVU, like, loop? Has that ever happened to you? The Black Girl Nerds podcast will be back right after this brief message from our sponsor Stan Lee's Alliances, A Trick of Light. Performed by Yara Shahidi, one of today's brightest talents and generational voices. In one of Lee's final and most innovative works, Blurred Lines Between Humanity and Technology, AR, VR, and the Nature of Reality Itself, you can unleash your imagination to bring Stan's new universe and cast of superheroes to life. Listen free with a 30-day trial. Just go to audible.com slash nerds or text NERDS to 500-500. Again, that's audible.com slash NERDS or text NERDS to 500-500. Stan Lee's Alliances, a trick of light. The power to change changes everything. No, because I can't, I mean, I can watch them. I'm not hating on Law & Order, but I can't watch it like, I can't do, I don't know if I can do a marathon. You know what I mean? Like, if it just happened, like, if I'm on, I'm not going to turn it like, oh, I hate this. But I don't know if I can do, like, a constant, you know, it's never been my, like, my, you know, my thing all the way, but it's been. You know, you know the show. You know of the show. Right, right, right. Well, you know the show, I'm the yeah. type of person where it's like, they're always playing. And, you know, Law and Order just was never the same after Stabler left. 
Um, but I'm the type of person where like if it's on, I'll watch one episode with the intention of watching one episode. And then if I find out it's a marathon, you know, USA is airing a marathon of Law and Order SPU. Right. And twenty four hours later, I'm still in front of the TV. Like <laughs> so I, I call those law and order loops. Yeah, and I definitely know people that can yeah, yeah, I definitely know people that can do that. Yeah, like go constant. Yeah, I've never been able to do it. I've been trying I could do like like I said, I can uh-huh. do one or two, but yeah, I can see it's very but you you know his face though. So yeah, you do. Um, and he's been kind of doing his thing lately. Like, you know, he, I guess to a degree, has separated himself from his character because that's what he was no- most known for. Um, but he did a show on FX called Happy that unfortunately only lasted for one season, but it was wild. And he was actually on Pose, too. He was... Um, Okay, he was okay. Electra's uh, sugar daddy. So um, he's been doing, I guess he's been finding really great projects to be a part of. Um, so in, in this show, sorry for the tangent. I just, I just love him. Um, <laughs> in, in this show, he's the high, he's a high commander in DC and he has, is playing host to the Waterfords. Um, so Fred basically tells Serena, Serena's not really too up on staying with them. She'd rather she had a hotel. Um, because if you think about right. it, I don't even think she's nervous about the Winslows. It's the fact that their marriage is in disarray, and the last thing, she, the last thing she wants to do is stay with a with a powerful family and see that so that they can see that her family is in disarray. Um, it's kind of hard to keep up appearances when you're pissed off at your husband. Um, but Fred basically tells her the Winslows are very down to earth. Um, and this is a great opportunity for them. And then you know, Serena's like an opportunity for who? And Fred like cleans it up like oh for us for for me for you for Nicole and we all know darn well he don't he does not care about Nicole he's here for a come up so <laughs> yeah yeah he's all about so to come up for the come up so um they enter the Winslow's home um you know of course Commander George George Winslow walks in he greets them he's very warm his wife is even warmer um everyone's very pleasant um they're a little bit unorthodox I wouldn't call them like of Joseph uh, Joseph Lawrence unorthodox but they're definitely not your typical family um and you know before Mrs. Winslow comes in the commanders discuss putting out the right images to the world uh, it's it's very much like you know North Korea you'll never see all the terrible things that happen in North Korea but you sure will see their propaganda you'll sure see you know their people looking happy and you'll see their military and things like that but you'll never see the actual atrocities happening in that country excuse me and Gilead is much the same um they want to put out the right images so they're talking and then in bursts in this little cute girl her name is Polly and she is the daughter of Commander Winslow and then Mrs. Winslow comes in with her entire brood um and at this point you know we've only seen one to two children I don't think I've ever seen anything but one child in someone's household this family has six kids Yeah, yeah they have five you know older kids and one infant so they're really unusual to have this many children in one household because up until this point the fertility rates were so low um but this is a very powerful family so i'm sure you know they could arrange for the quote-unquote adoption of of more than one child um and so everyone's marveling at this like fred's marveling at it serena's kind of shocked um the kids are kind of running around like it looks like a normal family like this is this is a a happy go lucky very close-knit family but they're set in Gilead. <laughs> um, and so, you know, June and Rita are basically sent to their rooms. Um, Rita and June also marvel at the fact that they have so many children. Um, Rita says the most kids she's ever seen in one house is five. Um, I'm sorry, three. And they have like five. But actually, when you count, they have six. But anyways, um, so June um is told that she's going to stay with of George, which is the handmaid of the Winslows, and Rita goes with the other Martha. Um, so the next scene we see is Fred checking in on Serena. There, she's in her room. Um, he basically assures of, of their plans. You know, we're going to get Nicole back. We're going to put out these images. We're going to appeal to the better nature of the Canadians. You know, everything's going to be okay. And then he gives her her ring back and basically, you know, to tell her to keep up appearances. Um, And, you know, we talked about this last week and you asked me about that piece of paper um, that was in Serena's purse. And I initially thought that it was 
the packaging of the tape or note from June for the tape. But it turns right. out it was a slip of paper with Nicole's footprints. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah, she so looked I at it. That. She looked like she was like bothered, like she was upset by something. But I was like, but what is she right. like? Because I know June didn't give her anything else. So what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure if Luke gave it to her or if it came from June or she got it when she was in that room with the commanders talking about getting a call back. I'm not sure where she got it from, but she keeps it in her purse. Um. So, you know, she's holding on. She's looking at that. She looks very hopeful. And then we see June. So June's in um, a room, and this is basically of George's bedroom. Of George walks in, you know, uh, June tries to make small talk with her, like, hi, how are you? Thank you for letting me stay with you. I'm sure it was inconvenience, blah, 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 blah. Of George is kind of quiet. So we're just like, okay, maybe she doesn't want to talk. And then she takes off this muzzle. She turns towards June, and you can see these rings in her mouth it's almost like her mouth is sewn shut with these rings she can't speak and we did a like dun 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 i feel like, like, we, dun, needed, like <laughs> we did it so like dramatic when she turned around because that was crazy yeah I, I, I knew something was wrong but i was like come on you gotta be kidding me yeah i was like come on yeah i thought i mean i knew they took a vow of silence these handmaids that's why they had those muzzles on their mouth but i thought you know you take off your muzzle now you can talk no they can't talk at all. So DC literally takes it seriously. And I believe an aunt said it a few scenes before when they were in the the train station when the, all the handmaids were kneeling and she said, blessed are the silent. Um, so yeah. they, they take those, those uh, verses very seriously. They take it literally and they silence their handmaids. Now that wasn't um, actually in, that's something that, is there something that they can remove? Because I'm thinking, how do they eat though? Because it, it that was what really creeped me out. That's all I kept thinking about the whole time. I was like, how do they eat? Because you know, where, um, where June and all, like with Bob, they're very serious about their nutrition and, you know, so they can like the babies. Right. And all. So I'm like, well, how do they eat if they have that? Well, it's three wings, so I'm I'm hoping they could like squeeze a straw between their in between <laughs> the I, rings. I was like, that is horrible. That's what I was thinking it might be happening. But I was like, oh my or god, maybe, that is so horrible. I was thinking that might be happening. Or maybe like you know, with some patients that you know, some people like real life like uh, quadriplegics where they really can't eat stuff like that. That they get fed yeah. through like a feeding tube in their G tract in their stomach, or yeah. maybe they get an IV dripped. I don't know the logistics. I think the show was just that, trying to give a shock yeah. value, so I'm not sure. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like you would, yeah, not like you would have the answer, but I, that's the only yeah. thing that just kept occurring to me. The whole, like, every time I looked at, for some reason, that's the only thing I could think about. Like, every time they would show one of them, or, you know, if you think about, like, the mouse being covered, knowing that there's rings underneath, yeah. I just kept thinking about that. I'm like, how are they, like, eating? Like, right. what's that whole, like, I would just hate for them to take us a day in a life. Like, I really just want a glimpse of DC <laughs> and not have to look at it anymore. Like, I would hate for, you know, like, a detail, like, how we got taken through, like, how Jean, yeah. Jean, well, June. June came through and through her, um, you know, her home process, like, how we went through all that. I don't want that in DC. Like, I'm scared to know, like, what. Yeah. I was gonna know the other process of like their day to day. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming either they can because it's three rings, so maybe they can like sip something through their lips, or they they give them a G track feeding tube. I mean, they have to be fed, or they wouldn't be walking around. So I'm not sure, but you know, yeah, little, I'm just gonna go with creepy. Yeah, just gonna stay for that. It's meant to show <laughs> you just how literally they take the Bible, just how. Uh, rigid DC is and it's basically a, the prototype for what the rest of Gilead is going to look like um, you know once yeah. this country is fully developed uh, so yeah scary and, he, and June is visibly upset by this like she is holding mm-hmm. her mouth trying to keep her sobs from, from being heard um, because this upsets her because this could be her you know and, yeah she's like <laughs> are they trying to do this to us right. what else is going on here i don't know about yeah so it's definitely scary and you know the propaganda continues so like our next scene um june participates in the first of many of fred's televised prayers like like as he said he's trying to project this image of a united gilead you know that they want their child back like not just fred and serena like the entire country is playing it's praying for the safe return of this child of gilead um so he has this um these handmaids and, and once again that they all take a vow of silence even 
even Aunt Lydia is a little disturbed by this. She pulls down one of the muzzles and she sees these rings and she's, you could see on her face, this is, this is a little extreme for even her. Um, Because, you know, say what you will about Aunt Lydia, she does care about her handmaids. Um, Yeah, that's when it kind of hit me too more when you see her reaction. Like the people that are in charge of like doing this stuff, when you see their reaction to what it is, you know it's got to be bad. Like you know it's too far. And Aunt Lydia, I mean she may use torture and she may um abuse her handmaids but she does it and that kind of sounds crazy for me excusing this or even trying to defend her but she doesn't do it just because anytime she punishes a handmaid it's for a reason it's because they quote unquote violated her rule so she doesn't go around i mean except for that one time she snapped on janine um she doesn't just go around <laughs> beating handmaids torturing them you know that's something that's not something she does she really cares for them so anytime you know she punishes them it's because they did something wrong in, in the eyes of gilead so this is, is, a, yeah. is a little extreme for her so um anyway so they're basically um before these giant angel wings there's the circle of handmaids surrounding them and serena and fred are in the center and june is also standing with them she's supposed to lead these handmaids in prayer um so they're setting up and nick Nick actually walks in. Now, the last we saw Nick, he was supposed to be heading towards Chicago, um, but apparently he's still in D.C. waiting his orders. Uh, he, he went, I guess he went over to visit the Winslows, and they told him, like, oh, go go meet up with the Waterfords. Uh, so uh, Fred basically tells him to stand in to kind of, like, set up the shot. And he has this like cute little moment with June and he's just like, uh, a girl like you in a place like this, like, uh, just, you know, cute little flirty moment. Um, and they brush hands and Fred is satisfied. I wasn't buying the, I wasn't buying the flirting right there though. I, something seemed weird. So I was like, nah, something is like not, he didn't seem like his usual, you know, self in that scene, I felt. Like, I felt like something was weird. I don't know how to explain it, but I just felt like when I saw the scene, I was like... Mm-hmm. At that time, um, I really... Like, what we learned about Nick later down the line in this episode, um, at that time, I wasn't seeing that because that's how they've been behaving all along. When they were in the same household together, they would sneak little flirty comments like that between each other. They would, like, touch each other's hands. So it's not something out of the ordinary for them to do. Um, I think considering that he is now a commander, maybe that's what kind of gave you that vibe. Um, He just seemed like extra, I don't know, and then he seemed like extra smug to me. Like, I don't know how to expect, maybe it's the commander mind. Maybe it's like you said, I don't know. It just seems something was weird. You know, like when he walked up to her, besides the fact that they just flirt and do their little, like, you know, usual thing. I mean, he might've been smug because Fred's there. Um, and they really haven't been, uh, true. you know, yeah. they've been kind of beefing lately, so that could be it. But, um, <laughs> he's like, let me yeah, rub, let me this, rub this one in. And, you know, an- I don't think Nick may have thrown it in his face that he is the reason why they have a child, like why the Waterfords have a children. But I'm sure that's in the air between the two of them that like Fred wasn't man enough to have a kid. You know, Nick had to step in. So there's there's some tension there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. to see if they ever play that out yeah i mean serena threw it back or no it wasn't serena june threw it back in fred's face that he wasn't the father um so oh yeah Yeah, i'm not sure if nick will ever bring it up but yeah so they are uh, so nick is told to step out of the shot thanks for helping fred walks in he's like and then he kind of sons him he's like thank you son like you know what i'm saying like they have <laughs> y'all was like what are you talking about right now fred yeah, what's going on attention um and you know what shout out to joseph Hines. he he plays that creep factor up very well <laughs> i never found him creepier <laughs> than watching this 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 show um so he kind of steps in and they begin their their televised prayer and you know june you know fred is kind of like a, a tele who was it a tele evangelist you know <laughs> he got his like yeah he's got his, he his, his, his benny hen on he has a little <laughs> his little mic and he kind of like okay let us pray and <laughs> and he has june neal june kneels and you know she does not like doing this but she gotta do what she gotta do she kneels the rest of the handmaids follow suit they all pray beautiful shot more propaganda put out there for the canadians to see uh, yep good yep. stuff uh <laughs> so i mean well no, go no, ahead. no i was about to move on to the next thing but if you got something to say about this let it be known <laughs> 
No, I, I was just gonna vent again that it's this is just okay. horrible. That's all I was gonna say. No. <laughs> the more propaganda we do, I'm like, these people are it's just I don't know, it's just bad. It's bad. I'm like, and I kept thinking June was gonna like break out, like have her breakout moments since basically she's the star yeah, of is. these uh you know, convert or propaganda videos mm-hmm. or whatever you wanna say. And she's just I'm like, at any moment, what if she just like I mean she they probably like would kill yeah. her or something, but I'm just saying, like, what if she just broke out of like whatever her, you know, whatever character they had her playing at that moment just because she was sick of it because basically everybody's yeah, waiting exactly. on her you know even though she's not calling the show she's a yeah, star she's of not it, calling so. the shots but she is their puppet so she she really can't do anything but just obey um even if she did try to say what she wanted to say it's not live you know this is going to get edited anyway so oh uh, that's a good point yeah that's true she yeah good point behave yeah. herself um, so we're back at the Winslows. They're in the playroom, and Serena and June watch the Winslow children play. This is when you know all this time June has been trying to reach out to Serena, trying to get her to see her side. So June just asks Serena, "Can they talk?" So Serena's like, "Okay, what's there to talk about? What do you want to talk about?" Um, and June tells her, "You know, like." <laughs> you can't want this. This is not what we agreed upon. And Serena basically tells her like, look, when I saw Nicole, it changed everything for me. And June rightly points out like, yeah, it changed you, but it didn't change this place. You know, Nicole deserves so much more than this. She deserves better. And then Serena, you know, in coming to the Winslow's home, she sees happy children. So she's just like, oh, the Winslow kids seem to be happy here. And then June's like, "Uh, okay, yeah, they're happy. What about their handmaid? <laughs> like, like, did you see their handmaid? Yeah, like Serena just jumps on what's right in front of her, but never nothing else. Like, she's not worried about anything, any yeah. of the other circumstances. It's like, just like whatever's happy, right in front of her. You no, know, we could be happy. Like, no. At the end of the day, your children, your your daughter has very few to- choices. You know, being in Gilead, she's either going to be a wife, a Martha, a Jezebel, or a handmaid. Like, you you know, there's. There's not many options out there. And really the only quote unquote good role in any of these positions is to be a wife. So, you know, June has a good right. And, and even yeah. that's terrible because look at Serena's pinky. Um, so so June's like, you know, yeah. leave her in Canada. She's safe there. This is what's best for her. And Serena's not trying to see any of that. So um, as they're having this discussion, Fred walks in and he basically tells them that the Canadians have seen what they've done and they have asked the Swedes to conduct interviews as a third party. Um, and everyone, including Serena will be interviewed. So, um, so this is kind of good news for them. Bad news for June. Um, the fact that the Canadians are even yeah. willing to talk about releasing the coal, um, back to Gilead is a, a, a no-go it's a it's a bad thing <laughs> like what I was so surprised but I get like um I guess I get because you know I guess they would try to keep mm-hmm. peace in between because I've always wondered like you know what are they what is their boundary to keep that from right. happening you know where they are um but I was just I was still so surprised I was like why are they even talking to these like you know why are they talking like, to them you- like, I was just, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you should negotiate with terrorists. Um, right. It's just like, leave it. Like, I don't even know what, like, she's Nicole is in Canada. Leave it alone. You know, I just feel like that's how it should yeah. be. If they cross over into the border and you took them in as a citizen there, we don't need to have discussions, exactly. you know, with anybody from Gilead. Like, I don't understand why they're even like, oh, let's think about this. No, no. nothing to talk about. But at the end of the day, this is diplomacy. This is, these are world leaders. This is what they do. Um, so the Waterfords are interviewed. We, we don't get to see the interview, but I mean, we've seen the gist of what they want. They want Nicole back. Um, and then they request to speak with June alone. Um, and actually, let me back up for a second. I liked watching June walk into this building. Um, you see her with her red umbrella and this sea of black. I thought that was just a, a beautiful shot. Yeah, that was a good, yeah, that was a great shot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so the Swedes request to talk to June alone. Fred's like, no, she is a handmaid. She's a symbol of our culture. You know, it's not a good idea. I don't want her to yeah, say nothing. It's gonna mess yeah, me up. Yeah, that's what he's inferring. But he's <laughs> like, eh, it's just inappropriate for her to be by herself. And they're like, okay, but we still want to talk to her by herself. So, so Serena sits down next to June, 
and she tells her don't do anything stupid uh, so she's like warning her don't try me uh, and June's like mm, alright whatever she's like have you met me exactly. <laughs> oh my dear <laughs> so she walks in here and you know I did see the featurette for this episode the inside the episode and um, Elizabeth Moss basically says that June realizes now that she has to be more ruthless you know, more straight to the point than these people if she wants to beat them. So usually she would just kind of agree with them, do what they say. But in this, this is like the one time where she has an opportunity to actually make a difference, make a change um, because she's by herself. So why not? So she walks in the meeting with the Swedes. I think there's there may be a few other diplomats there that are like from Gilead and she requests that they leave. She's like, if you want me to be candid, you need to put them out. Uh, so they leave. And um, she basically tells them, she gets straight to the point. I am Nicole's biological mother. I do not want her to leave Canada. I want her to remain there. Um, And then she says, you know, Fred Waterford is not her biological father. Her real father agrees that she needs to stay in Canada. So that's when the Swedes are like, oh, the guy from the tape? (laughs) They got some intel. And they're like, are you guys still in a relationship? Her and Nick. And, uh... June says what we all have to say about our situationships. It's complicated. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. But she's very firm in saying both of Nicole's biological parents want her to remain in Canada. So Canada basically, or not, uh, sorry, not Canada. The Swedes basically say that Canada considers Gilead to be a powerful country. So they're very eager to avoid any type of conflict. So that's why they're in talks to, you know, possibly extradite Nicole back to Gilead. Um, but they strike a deal. They tell her, you know, Gilead has been a black hole. We need information. Um, very similar to North, North Korea. You know, very few people know what's going on over there. They need intel. So they agree that if June gives them a commander, someone that can actually have access to this information, that they will keep Nicole in Canada. So, you know, June convinces them that she can get uh, Nick to flip because he is now a commander. They agree. They shake hands on it. And June's like, yes, mission accomplished. So... Yep, I was at excited point, for her right? at this point. Oh, how they love to pop our yep. our, our pop our bubbles. <laughs> yeah, I should so, know. Um, <laughs> there. The, so I like to call the scene the pool sharks. Uh, so Winslow is p- playing pool with with Fred. Um, he he brings up the fact that Fred brought the Swedes to the table, basically thinks as propaganda. Um, and he kind of infers, like, hey, you know, you have a bright future, possibly in D.C. Um, so, you're like, this is what Fred's been working towards. You know, he basically flipped this whole situation with Nicole to try to get ahead. Um, so this is exactly what he wants to hear. The high commander telling him he has a future in D.C. Like, pat on the back to Fred, right? So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So they interrupt it. Polly is just disruptive as she wants to be. <laughs> so she interrupts. She interrupts the commander. She requests that they attend a tea party. So you know, and it's kind of like these are kind of evil men if you really think about it. But he's such a good dad. He's like, oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I hated about the scene because it, it like right. it tried to make you like him. But then you couldn't like him. That's what I hate. Like, you know, because you see all the kids playing around, you know, having fun. And he's so right. sweet to them. And then you're, but you're like, but it's the worst. It's like, do you not see, like, you know, what's going on around you? Like, you have this, you know, you got, like, rainbows and butterflies right. in the house. But outside the yeah. house, And it's even like, his wife no. is the same way. She's this warm, welcoming, nurturing woman. But, like, she fully supports Gilead. Um, and it's it, like, you know, Fred and Serena are kind of grayer characters. You're, they're not very likable, to be honest. But the Winslows are likable. Like, yeah, I really don't see anything negative yeah. coming from them. I mean, outside the fact that they put rings in their handmaid's mouth. <laughs> but like, you know, 
yeah, that whole thing. But you they know, appear to be very <laughs> likable people. So to note that they are responsible for these atrocities, um, it just kind of puts you, puts things in perspective for you. And it puts you as a viewer in a weird place because you're like, oh, I like these people, but they're kind of monsters, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting how they decide to play mm-hmm. that one. So, you know, they have their tea party. The commanders are having tea with Polly and their wives look on. Um, and Mrs. Winslow confides in Serena that she loved her book. Um, Serena basically wrote, wrote a book way back when um, about, I guess, the role of a woman, a woman and, you know, basically m- more propaganda before Gilead became Gilead. Um, and she says that, um, you know, Serena's book basically saved her marriage. Because uh, before then, they were basically two lawyers at different law firms with no time for each other. And now they're, you know, this happily married couple with six kids, you know, living their best life. Um, so they kind of share a moment. And then Fred interrupts them to, to get some sugar for Polly. And this is the first time that you see... Fred and Serena have a moment, you know, this is the first time you don't see her pissed off or disappointed or upset with them. She's, you know, they smile at each other, like, almost like this could be us one day, you know, we could be around. Yeah, Fred thrown on that hard game, like, for real. <laughs> yeah, Fred just, he, mm. Coming over there for some sugar. I was like, mm-hmm. throwing on that game. But you know, hey, I guess if it's working for her, because girl, she don't walk away from the other guy like twice <laughs> so well, in Canada. So I can't help her. So I guess the game worked for her. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we cut to June in bed. Um, and she's woken up by Martha, who tells her she has a visitor. And it's a callback to the last time she was in bed, you know, minding her own business. And this time it's Nick again. So Nick is a visitor. So she sneaks out in, in the dark to, to see him. They have this passionate kiss. And you're like, are they about to do it? Like hmm, in the snow. <laughs> I was like, I feel like this would have been, I feel like this is another one of June's not smart moments, but I was like, okay. Yeah, so um, June tells Nick about her deal with the Swedes, and he's like, nah, mm-mm, nope, they're politicians, they have their own agenda. June's like, so do I. So you get, so he basically tells, like, you get in bed with the government, it's going to be hard to get out. Um, and June basically convinces him, like, you have to do this. Like, please, for me, like, this is the one opportunity that you will have to be a father to Nicole. Like, think about it. When 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 else would you ever have the opportunity to be her dad? Like, do this for me. And he reluctantly yeah. agrees to do it. Um, and you know, she kisses him, she's happy, they're happy, everything is great. You know, the meeting with the Swedes is the following morning. So Nick meets with the Swedes. Um, and then later on, later on the day, you see that a Swede stopped by the Winslow's home to talk to the Waterfords. Um, and I'm sorry, podcast. My child is behind me in the kitchen making a sandwich. And all I can hear is her trying to get the mayonnaise out. Can you stop? Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> now, you know, you got to get the mayonnaise out. Come are, on. Are you Angelica. done? Come on now. Okay. Like I, I just can't. I just can't win around here. Anyways, what was I talking about? <laughs> We're talking about yeah. Wait, you're still on the visitor, yeah, right? Okay. Talking about Nick and him talking about. So, the okay, um, yeah. so Nick goes to talk to the Swedes, and um, Nick talks. Now I'm all sh- you messed me up. Um, so <laughs> so the one of the Swedes comes to the, to the Winslow to talk to the Waterfords, and uh, basically June kind of confronts her because Fred goes off to um to get her coat for her. Uh, so this is a moment that June takes to talk to the Swedish diplomat, and she's like, "Okay, what's going on? Why are you here? What's happening?" So the lady tells her, "Like you know what? We have decided to uh." basically recommend more negotiations more talks june's like wait what yeah my jaw that, dropped i was like hey, you gotta be kidding not me. what we agreed upon um so we learned that essentially nick is not who he appears to be um they don't trust him they don't think he's going to be a good informant for them he's done some things in his past that kind of make them question his uh moral character so they don't you know no deal so June is kind of thrown off. Like, oh, that has to be a mistake. There's no way. They're like, look, you know, we did what we could. 
you know, you couldn't give us what we wanted. Deal's off. Um, and then Fred interrupts. He bring he comes back with her coat and he's like, okay, well, I hope, you know, you'll be able to join us in uh, our morning prayers. And she's like, no, I'm good, love, enjoy. And uh, she's like, I'm sure it'll, it'll turn out great. Um, <laughs> and so June is visibly upset because she, she, you know, she basically put herself out there. She risked her life to make this deal and it all fell apart. So Ashley kind of sitting there with her little brooding face, just kind of like, what just happened? Serena comes up behind her and she asks Serena, she's like, Serena, what did Nick do before he became a driver? And Serena tells him, oh, he was a soldier in the Crusades. Didn't you know? Thought he would have told you. Y'all spend so much time together. (laughs) And then she walks away. So, you know, we up to this point, we know that he was to a degree involved in the in the uprising of Gilead um, from the flashbacks from the first season or two. Um, I think it was season two where we saw the Nick flashbacks. Um, he uh, basically yeah. was recruited by one of the uh, architects of Gilead. Um, so up until this point, I assumed he was just a driver. You know, he, he ran errands. He was that type of guy. But apparently he was really involved in the uprising of Gilead. So the crusade that they're speaking of is when they like blew up, you know, the cabinet and the president and you know <laughs> and you know took everything by storm yeah, yeah um yeah i always assumed he was just doing right. what he had to do you know like he was just afraid you know it was just some moments where he's afraid to step out but he knew what was going on was wrong but to actually know that okay he's forward he just right. probably had a little thing for june right. so okay. he was helping her out but he was for everything else just kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, me, it's like, story. oh my gosh, like it's not even that surprising. Let me think about it. He was this loser before, you know, the rise of Gilead. He was recruited essentially groomed to be this, this soldier. Um, he was an eye. He was a whole informant. You know, he worked for the Waterfords as a driver, but he worked his way up to become a commander. So, you know, is it really that much of a stretch to believe that he really had a hand in this? Uh, We just kind of were distracted. Yeah, he did have. Yeah, he did. And he did have like, if you actually think about Mm -hmm. it, now that they have this big reveal, he did have those moments where you were kind of surprised that he didn't Mm -hmm. go a certain way with something or that if he went too far, he wasn't punished more than like you would think he would be. And and it kind of so now all those kind of those kind of things are filled are filled in that you see like you know towards maybe like the end of season two or like the beginning of season three where he was doing some things and you're like oh well they're, no right. they got him now something's gonna happen and he kind of right, just he was flew the under the radar one. you know they have respect for him that's why he's been able to, to rise through the ranks um so you know we were just all distracted by this June and Nick love story that's why we didn't see it but it's pretty obvious yeah. they kind of sprinkled breadcrumbs throughout the series as to what kind of person Nick was we just you know weren't really paying attention so we actually um go to the next scene so June's in a place that is very familiar to I mean, people that have been to D.C., people that have seen D.C., people that have been in, you know, textbooks. She is at the uh, Washington Memorial. You know what? Let me back up because I I actually forgot a scene. So she's actually getting ready for these prayers, um, this televised prayer. And her and Aunt Lydia are in a room. They're in off Georgia's room. They're getting ready for this this televised event. And June is clearly still reeling from the revelation of what nick is and before this scene we actually get a glimpse of the real nick he's on this train obviously bound for chicago and he's walking through and all these men report to him and they're all saluting him as he walks by he is like basically the man now this is commander i think his last name is blaine so commander blaine um and so it's like, was this what he was working towards all this time, you know, and, and June was just a distraction to him? You know, is he really a good person? We don't know, but he's definitely, yeah, yeah he's definitely like soaking in his power. Um, so June is still reeling from this. So she's sitting in bed. Aunt, Lud- Aunt Lydia is helping her get ready. And, um, you know, she's like, okay, dear, like, are you okay? She's just like, I'm just tired. Um, so she's helping her get dressed and she hands her the muzzle. Like, she's like, oh, we forgot one more thing. So it's like, she's like, 
<laughs> like they're they're really going with us narrative like this is this is what the handmaid should look like so uh naturally june wants to know like hey you know she's like with tears in her eyes she's asking her like do you want us to be silenced and Aunt lydia with tears in her eyes says back no i don't um and she sits down next to june and she gives her some comfort and she tells her you know what when i think of the hard times because it's almost like we see another side to aunt lydia um you know this trip to dc has been tough for her too and while she is a true believer um there are certain things that she doesn't agree with but at the end of the day she's still an obedient you know person of obedient woman of gilead so uh this is hard for her to see and she kind of sees that it might happen where they live so she's just like i don't want it to happen and she confines in june you know when i think of the hard times moments like this i I just think to myself i I know that i'm helping at least one person like if i can just help at least one person it'll make all this worth it and she you know she basically tells june that she's that one person and they hug it out and i was like oh yeah, that was a good moment. Yeah, I, I think it was finally time for them to give us something with Aunt Lydia. Because yeah. I was always thinking she was just this horrible monster. You know, you just like, well, what happened to her to get her to this point? Right. You know, but to see like a little bit of that armor crack a little bit. Yeah. Like, bit. Hey, this is, this is, you know, this is too far. Like, you know, I know I punish y'all for stuff, but I don't want you to not, you know, not have any voice, you know, not say right. anything. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So. You know, we have that moment and then, you know, June tells her like, hey, can you help me? <laughs> and they put on the muzzle and she stares at her reflection and you can see like she she touches her mouth because like it's almost like she's imagining having these rings in her mouth because this is essentially her future. So yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is. This yeah, is like, I can't imagine that feeling. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, like, since we're still on June, shout out to the fact. I don't know. You might have mentioned this before, but I didn't know she was executive producer on the show. Oh, what, uh, who? Elizabeth Moss? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, me and me might as well. She'd be on the show long enough. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, because I didn't know, like, you know, just her, like, because, you know, she always has those, like, roles where she steps out and does something, like, you know, that's crazy that she mm-hmm. think she's not going to do. But I don't know. I just, I think it's pretty cool how she's got this show working, especially this episode. Yeah. That I thought it was, you know, like, very interesting that she was, like, executive producer and then, like, what this episode can mean just, like, in terms of, like, you know, where we are today. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. And, like, back to that feature, you know, Anne Dowd, who plays Aunt Lydia, had said um, this this is basically Aunt Lydia not as, I mean, it's questioning, you know, how far this could go. But ultimately, you know, she says she's going to do whatever she's told because she believes in the concept of Gilead. Um, And then Elizabeth Moss said when they were shooting this episode in DC, it was very eerie because it felt real. Like this could happen. Yeah, that had to be so creepy for them. Yeah, to have to shoot like on the scene. Yeah, I just can't imagine like what's going... And then as a woman, like what's going through your head to have to shoot some of those scenes? Right. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think it could ever happen here. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It could. Uh, this show... It could be far-reaching. I feel like we have... Uh, when I, say, <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we have certain things in place yes. where I don't feel like it could go this extreme. Like, you would have to do a lot of... You have to be somebody in charge that could have to do a lot of damage. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. have to have people in so many areas, right. you know, like spies almost, where people just didn't know what was going on, see nothing coming, you know? Right. Before I mean, that, I feel like to be like exactly what we are right now. But I think she was just, you know, obviously playing on some of the rules and stuff we have. Right. That people are trying to pass that, you know. Yeah. it's it def- That's what ba- the balances and checks are for. Um, but, you know, all it takes is a coup. All it takes is an uprising for everything to go left. Yeah. Um. So you never yeah. know. It could happen. We don't know. Yeah, you never, yeah. Yeah. You just need like, yeah, you just need like, couple stupid people in areas that just aren't paying attention but you you hope like we're crossing our fingers you just hope you have enough people 
you know, in place that are paying attention and wouldn't let it get to, you know, that point, you know, right. that point where it's reaching like, you know, Washington and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it was very real for them to be in Washington shooting this show, considering our current col- political pro- climate. Um, and so they're yeah. at the, somewhere, like I said, it's very familiar to all of us, the Lincoln Memorial, except mm, there's no Lincoln. Um, he's there, but his, his head is gone <laughs> because Think yeah. about who Lincoln is. He stood for, you know, mm-hmm. equality for all. He freed the slaves. This is not someone. This is not a figurehead you want in Gilead. So they took off his head. Yeah, they probably got rid of that first. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks on at this headless statue of Abraham Lincoln. Serena joins her, and she likes the fact that June has on this muzzle. She's like, "Oh, I like the silence." And then June says, "I wish she would return the favor," and she starts to walk away. And Serena stops her. She's like, let's just cut straight to the to the point. Like, let's cut the crap. I can't wait for you to go back home. I can't wait for us to be separated, for, for me to finally get rid of you. And June tells her, like, you will never get rid of me as long as my children aren't safe. Like, until my two daughters are safe away from this place, you will never be rid of me. Um and she like basically tells her like you know I did this for you I named Nicole Nicole in honor of you for getting her out and then you do this and Serena's just like okay well I trusted you to be with Nicole so what and so they're they're having this like verbal jab like they're sparring back and forth um Serena basically is trying to plead with June like you know what I love Nicole and June shoots back at her like you can't love anyone this isn't love you know you built this whole world to have a child and you can never have what you want because you're small you're cruel and you're empty and you'll always be empty and I was like if that isn't a read yeah, I, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much um, yeah, I was like, she summed Serena up in that because that's all like you can't if you can't think of what to say about Serena, that's pretty that's much it. it. She pretty much summed that's it up. Really it. Like yeah. you'll never be able to to have a child. You know, you can't. You're not capable of love. Um, and then Serena kind of tells her like, I should have put a ring in your mouth the day I met you. I'm like, ooh, burned. And June really gets there. And June's like, I should have let you burn when I had the chance. And I was like, bloop. Yeah, she had a little burn. Yeah, she had a little burn and followed that one up. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Anyway, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And- that was pretty. That was pretty funny. I mean, it was it was not funny, but it was yeah. funny. Like when she threw that in, like yeah, I could have really left you in that mm-hmm. house. So, so mm, thing on that. So you know, tears at yep. the, There's like a, a a solitary single tear rolling down Serena's cheek. She wipes it off. She bosses up. She walks out onto the steps. Um, and then June walks out behind her, and we are treated to this beautiful yet freaking scary imagery of thousands of handmaids lined up you know around between you know that big I guess it's called the mall between the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument and then there's that giant fake man-made lake I don't know what it's called um but you know what I'm talking about and there's these handmaids surrounding it lined up Oh, many so of them. Many. I was like, oh my god! It was like yeah. so giving me Nazi Germany vibes. They're all in red. It was giving me like Daenerys Targaryen talking to the Dothraki <laughs> vibes. It was giving me Star Wars world domination vibes. And then you see this giant cross, which used to be the Washington Monument. Um, and June comes out. You know, Fred once again gets his televangelist on. He starts to pray. And the handmaids are looking to June. And this is when I was like, you know what? They could start a whole revolution right now if they wanted to. If June said the word, they could rise up. I, that's what I kept thinking the whole time. But I was like, nah, they probably got like a sniper on the roof. Like, I, I, that's what I kept thinking the whole time. It's too many of them. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, because the whole time I just kept thinking, I was like, do it, June. Because I could just see the look on her face, like when she hesitated yeah. a couple times. You could just see her thinking about it. I'm like, just do it. Just do, do it. it. Like, what else, you know, what else could happen? You know, like, exactly. just do it. So, but June kneels. Um, and they yep. kneel right along with her and they start to pray. And you can see June staring at this abomination of the Washington Monument. And we cut to black. And that was the end of the episode. And I was like, whoo. DC. Now, do we consider that face? Because her mouth was covered. I don't know. I feel like that, that was, was good good face. Though, that was eyes. 
That was eyes and some nose. I'll do her mouth. Oh, she was giving us face. Um, so that was the episode. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of DC. Like, what else can they possibly do in this city? Um, I, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared, scared of DC. I think we need to leave DC quick. I think we need to go. Yeah, so we'll learn more about DC, its inner workings, the wives, you know, see how Fred tries to work his way up in the next episode. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And we'll see, you know, you know, I think at this point, this was like the big finale. So June gets sent back home. So we'll see how, you know, what she's up to when she gets back to Boston now that she's seen all the craziness that is DC. Um yeah, and does Joseph know these things? I mean, he's supposedly the architect, so you know we'll see. Yeah, so I'm wondering yeah, if we'll he, see yeah. what he does about that. But um, yeah, that was the episode, so we'll definitely be touching on next week's episode. Um, but let's get to some tweets. So I try to ask a question every week related to the show, and we got some responses from some fans. So the question last week was, "Would you have agreed to meet up with Serena Joy if you were Luke?" So the notorious NAT at Nat at excuse me at Ooh. Natalia nine zero one three one says, "Hell no, that whole situation <laughs> irked me. Now look what it caused." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I can't see. I, I can't say I disagree with yeah, that. I mean, yeah, I understand Luke was trying to look out for June. That's what June asked him to do. But now. Because of it, you know, Serena and Fred have found an opportunity to get her back. And Fred is basically milking it for all it's worth. So, yeah, Serena done forgot herself. We so, yeah. No. Um, and then Mob at Miss Odessa says, Yup, to beat her ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Luke, Luke was like, actually, I feel like if Luke uh, wasn't holding Nicole, he actually would have been on the verge of doing that because he was like, because yeah. he was verbally already like ready to go. Like, I feel like if he wasn't holding Nicole, it would have yeah, been like exactly. a different story. Like, Let me put this baby down. Well, I don't think he yeah. would have wailed on Serena, but if Fred was there, shoo, he would have been like, hold my baby, hold my baby. You're going to get these hands. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that would have been hilarious. I actually would have liked to see that. I don't know, like, if it would have been good for Luke at the time, but I would have liked to see, like, you know, all yeah. of them together, except for him. You know, except for him just being like, "Oh, I just want Serena." I would like to see, like, what would happen. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. Um, so yeah, so let me think of a question for next week, or do you have a question for next week, Ryan? Let's give you a turn. Think off top, off dome. Um. Oh, uh, actually, I got oh, a tweet. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it for a minute because I was kind of thinking something that I wanted to ask too. But um, let me. I was gonna share. I think it's. I want to say it's Marine mm-hmm. David. Um, at Marine David. I don't, hopefully, I'm pronouncing that's right. Um, but she sent out a tweet. She I'm because I'm following mm-hmm. like hashtag hashtag Handmaid's Tale. So don't follow it if you don't want any spoilers. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. But um, she tweeted Gilead vibes, and she basically has a picture of the um of the Washington Memorial, like what you talking about with the water fountain and it's showing like the, um, what was it? The Trump, um, salute to the, was it, I want to say a salute mm-hmm. to troops, but I don't know if that's right. Or salute to America where he was doing his whole fourth, basically the, the Washington okay. 4th of July celebration. And it has like a shot of all, like, you know, all the fans out there celebrating, but it's like the exact shot that's at the end of this oh. episode, which I thought was crazy. Except for you have like the stages, you have the, um, uh the what is what am i trying to think of the vehicles in the military the um the hummers i don't know why that escaped me right now yeah like the hummers yeah like all that stuff that everybody was like mm-hmm. why are you spending this much money on this for a fourth of july celebration like all of that stuff she has highlighted in the picture i don't know i just thought that was interesting because it was just like exact same okay. image of um of what we had um at the sh- end of this show um but let me see let me think of a question yeah i'm looking at the image something. now and, and it definitely is it's it, it it's not giving me fourth of july celebration that's for sure but you know trump is uh he's one step away from gilead so you know ain't, ain't much of a stretch to say that <laughs> yeah that was that one got me because when she put that tweet out i was like oh god because i hadn't and then uh-huh. i hadn't yet seen the episode that's why i gotcha. said be careful with the spoilers i hadn't seen the episode yet but it like as soon as i put two and two together i was mm-hmm. like okay now that's creepy when i put yeah, like so- two and two together um let me see what i try to think of something this episode i mean it was a me. lot so 
Yeah, that kind of that could kind of be like a jump off a good question. Want me to get you a hint? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I was kind of gonna say if you were, I don't know if it's too obvious to be like if you were June, would you have st- like what would you have done in the video okay. to kind of make a statement? Like, would you have done anything in the video to change? You know, or would you just kind of play it alone because you think they're going to kill you right after the video okay. shot or just change okay. the video? Well, that's reasonable enough, you know, or what? I mean, she she did on the low with the Swedes do something. But what could she have done in the open? Because, you know. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, how creative could she have? Because she was literally like, if she right. doesn't kneel, yeah, they I don't mean, kneel. So, like, what could she have done that could have been mm-hmm. like a subtle, like, we can resist? Because you can see all the women like looking at her, too, like they're waiting I- for their cue. Yeah, I would you know, say so with, what the, it, with the circle of handmaids, with the wings, angel wings, maybe not a good idea. But with that, with the Washington uh, Monument and the Lincoln Memorial and all those women, all those handmaids just looking at her, she could have, she could have popped off. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's like next for June? I'm curious. You know, like what people think is next. You know, what can she do next? Now that she figured out she's like on this little lone island. You know, what can she, you know, that we've seen a little bit of how they break down, you know, Gilead okay. or what they have in store. Yeah, let's, um, so basically your question would be, if you were June in this moment, what would you have done? What can she do going forward to kind of, quote unquote, break the wheel? Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody that's like that? Yeah, like anybody think that she should break out Playing or just along. keep playing how she's playing like anybody think, yeah anybody think we need more of a revolution or should she just keep doing how she's doing because it, she could be you know hung from the wall or you know like what okay. if she never gets her All daughters right. that's that'll be the question then so guys if you um want to answer us let us know your thoughts um we'll be discussing next week's episode at the same time same place um and like i said you can at us on twitter at black girl nerds um at bgn podcast at black girl geeks those are our black girl nerds um twitter handles our personal handles are november at november bear and i actually changed my handle because uh i was getting mixed up with other people uh, <laughs> so my new <laughs> my new <laughs> handle got me taken from miami too much i was like i'm kidding um, but my <laughs> Yeah, you probably did. I don't know who that was, uh, but, but you my, probably did. Uh, my new handle is um, what is one? See, like I need to learn my handles. Oh no! Don't do this to me. Do not do. Uh-huh. You know what? I'm about to. I'm about to like take this down as you say no, this. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I thought I changed it. Oh no, it's the same. No, I'm ready. I'm taking notes. Like I got the note open on my phone. No, I'm not playing I games. Haven't changed it. It. It's I'm still at, at Melon and Mommy uh, two eight one six. I changed my Instagram handle. That's what I had changed. Okay. Oh, oh my God. I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to change my Twitter too. But anyways, get at us. Let us know your thoughts, and we will discuss them next week. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.